Blog Talk Radio. Well, I had hoped that we would have intro music today, but apparently not. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Seducing Aliveness. I'm Jen Halterman. I'm so happy to welcome you to the show. And technology apparently is not completely on board with us, but that's okay. We are going to still roll with it. And welcome to Tamara Yonker, my co-host. Welcome, Tamara. We're further along today than we were yesterday. We have a chat yes, room. We are. <laughs> it's one step Good further, morning, and morning. we are actively in the chat room. Yes, I like that. That makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so if you are just joining us, and if you're new to Blog Talk Radio, as Tamara has let me know, it's not necessarily feeling like it's user-friendly. So if you go to the actual page that is playing our show, show and scroll down underneath the description and probably some kind of banner ad, that's where you're going to find the chat room, and that is where you'll find three of us at the moment who are who are interacting, and we would absolutely love to have you join us if you are listening live <laughs> come play it would be fun just saying <laughs> yeah no <laughs> yes it'll be fun it'll be good um it is so good to have you here and if you are unable to stay at your computer you can always put this guest call in line in your phone and have it wherever you go so you can call in and listen to the show when it's live and you don't have to be online and that number is 657-383-0531 that's how you call into the show if you want to talk to us when we're taking callers and we always let you know when we are you can use that number as well so it's great to have you all here and you know we it's always fun when you start something new right Tamara? Now that the labor's yes. over, it, yes, it, it it's been and and we're still you know working the kinks out and uh, and that's okay because we'll have fun anyway. <laughs> well, we will. Yeah, we've been ta- having these private conversations for weeks now, leading oh, up to yeah. the launch of the show. So I feel like we've done a number of shows already. <laughs> it just wasn't recorded. It's true. It does feel like it. It feels like we've been doing this show for weeks, except. The only one who's been, you know, participating is you and I. (laughs) So the truth is, here's the truth about this show that I think it's only fair that we share. And that is Tamara and I are just sitting together, probably at a table or on a porch or overlooking the mountains or the ocean somewhere. We're just sitting here having a cup of something and we're letting y'all eavesdrop. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's all it is. We're just sharing our conversation. So if it seems like we're just having a conversation, it's because we are. (laughs) Yep. Yes, and I get to look out my window today and see snow, which uh, probably is a vastly different landscape than what you've got going on in Texas. But we got two or three inches of snow last night, which also makes me happy. Even though it's spring snow. I'm so glad you love that yeah, will you share with the listeners where, I mean, you don't have to give your address or anything. I wouldn't recommend it, but where are you calling? Where are you at currently? <laughs> I I live in Colorado in Fort Collins, and I actually live um, about 800 feet uh, in elevation above the city. So while Fort Collins probably didn't get any snow, I did. Woohoo! <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's vastly so different like, than here in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> 85 degrees, really? Wow. Okay. Yes. Ooh. Yes, today, because we are outside of San Antonio, but um, still in Texas. And so we will be at 85 degrees today. So you have your snow, we have our sunshine. And I think that's perfect <clears throat> for this moment. <laughs> You can keep it. I'll keep my snow. <laughs> I know. You know, delightful? it's pretty funny. I lived on the mountaintop for a long time, actually. And yeah. I, you know, there was this love and appreciation for the beauty and the peace. And then I got over it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you're there. <laughs> it, it, it's, I know where you used to live. And it is very, very, very beautiful up there. But it is very isolated. Um, yeah, there's not much going on. Mm-mm. Yeah, 
yeah. And and it's beautiful. So for those who love it there, I'm glad you love it. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> so I see people are joining in the chat room. This is very happy. Yeah. Nice. Yesterday welcome, the chat welcome. room was not. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Kelly says, I managed oh. to get here on purpose today. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. And I'm glad we got a hi, y'all. On <laughs> purpose. That's great. Thanks, Kelly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I am curious, how was, how, what have you noticed, Tamara, about yesterday and the launch and today, like, oh, for yeah. those of you who do not know, when you birth something like this, it literally feels like you're having a baby. You kind of go through some yeah. m- similar stages. And so what was your experience of, like, actually launching and then showing up today? Um, well, I would say that anytime you do something for the first time, uh, it's awkward, right? Like, I talk about this a lot of time with my clients and in, in, in classes and so forth. Like when you're a little kid, everything is the first. Every single thing you do is the first. The first time you put your toes in the sand at the beach, the first time you catch a snowflake on your tongue, the first time um, you get to eat cotton candy and see what that weird sensation it is in your mouth as it just sort of evaporates and dissolves. You know, everything is a first. <laughs> and you tie your shoes for the first time and and so we forget as we as we get older that, you know, we come not knowing many things. And so, but we have this expectation because we've lived on the planet for a few decades that like we should be able to do everything expertly the first time. You know what I mean? And so, you know, yesterday I was like, okay, this is a first. I've done radio. I've done radio shows, um, you know, for four years, but this is the first time I've done it with you. This is the first time I've done it on, you know, this platform of blog talk radio. This is the first time we've done it with this topic. And so I felt awkward. I felt, I was like, okay, don't know what I'm doing. Totally awkward. And the thing is, though, I'm okay with that. Like, the the beauty of it is to be okay with our first, to be okay with that awkwardness. Mm -hmm. Um, and And I noticed, you know, as we eased into the show, I was like, oh, there's our rhythm, you know, and it just, you know, the the conversation (laughs) started to flow. And then it it was this big sigh of like, ah. You know, and and uh, and then when we finished the show, I was like, yeah, that really feels like we we um, open the door into what I can feel, what I could feel. It's like we just we just opened the door into what I felt was going to be um, the journey of this show, right? Because because what we've talked about is we have no idea where seducing a, a aliveness is going to seduce us to. We don't know. This is an adventure we said yes to. We're being led. We're being invited. We're being seduced. So I felt like yesterday was just just the opening of that. And um, today I feel a lot more of that. Oh, yeah, okay. This this is day two. It's less awkward than yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. I love that being in the new and being okay with that, allowing that to happen. For me, because I have done Blog Talk Radio as my platform for Everyday Joy and then when I was on Lighten Up. So I'm familiar, however, it was new. They've done upgrades. They've done all these things have changed. So for me, the topic of seducing aliveness, the invitation we said yes to, that we really have no idea what is going to come from this is the new part. But for me, what I felt like, it was like, you know, when you go to middle school and you get, you know, you figure out the locker situation, you figure out you're going to different classes, you figure all that out. But then I ended up in high school yesterday going, oh crap, they changed the system. What's an A day? What's a B day? I don't know what this means. (laughs) You know, so there was this, there was an upgrade. It was familiar, but it was still so awkward. And being able to go, yeah, Tamara, I don't know how, I don't know what you're seeing because I've only seen it from this vantage point as the mm-hmm. host, or I've only seen it this way, and now it's in a whole new system. And so that was that awkward, familiar yet new, and being willing to not allow the clunkiness of awkward to take me out of my experience to allow myself to stay in it you know kelly in the in the chat room was saying that 
not even the babies like the birth canal, that pushing, that, okay, we got to do this, and, and let's go, and now we're going to do, it's time, and oh, you got to push, okay, now take a break, and you're so exhausted, and I would say that I am very thankful that over the weekend when all that was going on, I was busy partying because it was my birthday Palooza <laughs> celebration. <laughs> it was the best distraction ever from labor. <laughs> it was fabulous. So I just, I'm really excited to be here. And I know that I say that a lot and it doesn't feel like there's a real meat to it. I just want to keep acknowledging that I am so thrilled to be doing this with you five days a week. And even if we screw it up royally, I don't care. I'm just yeah. happy to be here. I, I'm yeah. with you on that one for sure. And one of the things that I like to say a lot is that life is unfuckable. So, you know, <laughs> screwing it up is just a point of view. <laughs> yeah, and I, it is. I, you and I have talked before about this whole thing about being embarrassed, you know, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I can't, I mean, maybe when I was in like sixth grade, I might've got embarrassed about something or, but in the last, you know, 20 years of my life, at least I think embarrassment has become, you know, obsolete. And, and really it's because yeah. when you're just like, it's not perfect. I, I say this all the time. There's no such thing as perfect. Perfect is a, is a construct that we make up in our heads that we try and live up to. And and that's not really that fun. So, you know, like be willing to be the fool, be willing to make mistakes, be willing to not know, be willing to be awkward and actually let that, like we were talking about this yesterday, um, let that enliven you instead of shut you down and, you know, go into that contraction like, oh, my God, I fucked up. I made a mistake. Oh, I'm embarrassed. I, you know, I can't believe I said whatever. It's just like laugh at yourself. I do. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And isn't that interesting? I don't know how the universe did it other than it is perfect that it would bring the two of us together that go, I don't understand embarrassment. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. You know, when people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. And that's something that actually, like I've got a sister that if she has panic if she thinks I should be embarrassed because I'm not embarrassed. I slipped the ass out of my pants. It was great. Did everybody see that? And she's like, oh, she goes into panic. <laughs> like, uh, I, lighten up. It's good. It's I, I had something. Yeah, you know, it's the, as you're sharing that story, I'm reminded of a, a, something that happened to me in a restaurant. Um, was <clears throat> got up to use the, the ladies' room and was wearing a skirt and came back out of the ladies' room, walked all the way across the restroom, sat down at my table with my date, and uh, a few moments after that, there was this woman that came over and sort of, and I didn't know her, right? I'm, I'm kind of like, what are you doing at our table? And she leans down in my ear and she says, your skirt is tucked up in your, like, underwear. And and so and I was like, oh, oh, thank you so much. Like I was so grateful that she was kind enough to come across that, you know, from her table, wherever she was sitting and tell me that I just walked across the whole restaurant with my ass hanging out, you know, <laughs> and, and, I was, I thought, and I'm thinking about her and how kind she is and how sweet that was. I wasn't embarrassed at all. I was just like, I just pulled my skirt out of my underwear. and was like, Oh, well, you know, <laughs> That just happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That just happened. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Life goes on. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. My daughter used to tease me that I don't have a bucket list for life. I have the most embarrassing moments. And it's like, she's like, Mom, it's like you're trying. Look. <laughs> there you go. Look, I just did that embarrassing moment. Check. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm having a good time with those embarrassing moments because I love to laugh. So that's what I had to yeah. say about that. Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, and I, that's that's probably uh, something that's made a, a difference, a big difference in my life, is is the willingness to play and the willingness to have things that happen like that because that stuff's gonna happen. It just does not have me contract not have me, you know, go into that space of judgment and embarrassment and I can't believe I did that and whatever. So to me, 
the willingness to just laugh is like, because I approach my life as play. I really do. So I laugh at stuff like that. It's funny. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And that's my thing. You know, I had somebody say, don't laugh at yourself. You're just show it, covering up your embarrassment. I'm like, no, actually, I was laughing at the experience I just had. Mm. I'm not laughing mm. at me. I don't need to laugh at me because I know I'm fucking right. hysterical. But I am <laughs> laughing at that experience I was just in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's actually yeah. an excellent distinction. I really, I, I recognize the energy of the distinction that you just um, <clears throat> brought up. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, which is why a lot of times when I laugh and I become aware that somebody is thinking I'm laughing at them mm. and they take it personally and they get offended and they get all butthurt. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, you think I am laughing and diminishing your value because you think this is personal instead of being able to witness yourself having the experience you just had and realize you could actually be laughing with me and not be taking it so personal of at me. There is a distinction there. And, you know, that's just how I see it. What if nothing is personal? Look at that. Somebody brilliant named Tamara Yonker just put it in the chat room. <laughs> Well, I, once upon a time, I read a book called The Five Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And I think the first one is uh, the first of the four agreements is don't take anything personally. And I remember when I read that book, you know, probably a couple decades ago, I was like, yeah, doesn't everybody get that? Like, uh-huh. No, don't take anything personally. Like nothing's, nothing is personal. You know, we're, we're all having, even though we're all collect, it's funny because you can, you can actually uh, spend a whole evening or a week or several years or a lifetime with a person and have a completely different shared experience. You, you can, oh you gosh. can, you know, go, somebody could say, Hey, how was your trip? You know? And you're like, Oh, one person is like, it was great. It was this, it was that. And the other person's like, well, the food sucked everywhere we went. You know, like, so it, it's really it's right. really mind-boggling to imagine that somebody else's experience actually has anything to do with me at all. Or, <clears throat> but this is one of the things that we do so often is this kind of projection game. Like, um, I was really think I was thinking about that this morning um, in the dark before sunrise about how much projection we do. And I kind of went into this little query in my for, with myself as I often do. I was like. So what is probably, I know, I, I love, I amuse myself all the time. Um, I was thinking about in relationship, like there's, there's so many that things that can be challenged, challenging. It don't have to be, but they can be. So, you know, we do, we do expectation, we do projection, we do, like we do all these kind of little games in um, a relationship that take us out of what is real. It's almost like we, we prefer to live in the, um, <clears throat> the mythology of it rather than what's real. And I was like, I wonder which one is the most problematic. Is it projection? Is it expectation? Is it, you know, like I just, and, and that whole thing of like, what if nothing is personal? Like, what if we really, really, I, I like to say this, <laughs> I joke. I'm like, if I could take a turkey baster and just suck all the, everywhere you think this is personal out of your reality, that would be different. <laughs> Right. What would be different? Okay, I have to brag on Kelly in our chat room. This is hysterical. She said, I actually trademarked Q-tip. Quit taking Ooh. it personal. She, Yeah, right? She's like, oh, what if you made jewelry and, you know, all these things? What? I just said that's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And she's, she's saying she'd like to make, like, Q-tip style like jewelry and all these things and and just be rocking those earrings and quit taking it personal and that is so good i love i know it's so funny so just so you know if you have not seen our ratings our show is considered explicit because we're not afraid of the fuck word but apparently the <laughs> chat room still is because it gives you asterisks if you swear <laughs> that's cute <laughs> Right? Oh my gosh, that's great. Kelly, please go to our Facebook page and send us a picture. I think that is fabulous. I'd totally love to see that. But Facebook, uh, 
forward slash um, seducing aliveness. Definitely. That is great. Okay. So I will. I, I love that. I could talk about I'm, this forever because it turns me on. And I want to get to the topic because how simple is this and yet profound that says if you just simply are willing to say, um, you, nope, not dead yet. And what does that have to do with seducing aliveness? Because it, it, mm-hmm. I want to weave it in here because it goes with this conversation. So when we say not dead yet, not dead yet, not dead yet, usually we're, you know, sometimes there can be a lot of different perspectives on that. But when it comes to seducing aliveness, I think that some of the yabbits that we that I hear is, yeah, but I'm too old. Yeah, but it's too late. Yeah, but I should have done that when I was younger. Yeah, but who am I to do that now? Yeah, but my answer is, you're not dead yet. Mm. And when I think about this, I mean, for heaven's sakes, we've got Q-tip jewelry in the chat room for crying out loud. You know? <laughs> yeah, but no, no more yeah, but. You're not dead yet. And, Tamara, when we talked about this topic and getting into this topic, both of us had a real clear awareness of kind of that space of, wait, I'm actually not dead yet. I'm not not dead yet. And it changed both of our lives. And And I want to get to that conversation because I think it is so powerful. Interestingly enough, um, yeah, I I think it's like you have to you have to choose to be more than not dead yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I, I do look at some people and and it's as if they're just they they live very well. They live very much in the past, and they're always remembering the past. And it's oh, remember when we were in you know high school? Remember when? Remember when? Remember when? Remember when? And I, and I, it's, it's almost like that. How do you know when you're old, when all you ever talk about is what you've done rather than what you're going to do, what you're going to create, what's Mm -hmm. possible for you to. So it's like, you're, you're not living your life fully alive right now. And, and I know for me, I actually attempted suicide when I was younger, more than once. I was ready to totally not be here. And uh, there, and then there came a time when I was like, you know, that whole suicide thing, that's kind of stupid. I'm not going to do that anymore. And I really made a choice to just cut that shit out. And then, <laughs> but I still had a lot of depression in my life. And I know it sounds, but really that honest to God, that's exactly how it went. So then there was a lot of depression in my life after that. And it was kind of like, I was just enduring. I was like, well, I've chosen not to check out anymore, but I'm just sort of enduring this. Cause I don't, really know what else I can do. And, uh, and I shared yesterday the story that happened of what happened to me on the mountaintop and that was ignition. And it, it was, uh, it was kind of like after that, that I was like, okay, maybe there is something here to live for. Like maybe, maybe it's not just about enduring, but maybe there's something here to live for. And so then I, I actually started going on that quest to discover well, what might that thing be that's here to live for? You know what I mean? Because I really didn't know yet. I, I mean, I come from a place of like not, not worth being here, going to check out to like, well, maybe there is something worth living for. Let me figure out what that is. And now fast forward to today, and I cannot imagine not being here. Like this is – I'm just grateful to be alive and everything is um, something worthy of living for. And I do mean everything. When I say everything, everything is something worthy to be here for, to live for. And somewhere along the way, and I don't know if it was like one choice or a series of many choices over, or over years or a period of time, but I chose to be alive, not just not dead yet, mm. but actually alive. Mm. Holy crap. <laughs> Oh, I, I love that. And thank you for sharing. And uh, I just really want to, I know it's easy to skate over it and say, you just chose not to be suicidal. How, wait, how, how did you choose not to be suicidal, but you're still depressed? Like, how did you Mm. do that? (laughs) 
You know, um, I I could make it real. I could I could try and make up some really complicated story. Um, but I, honest to God, on, frankly, just as frank as and honest as I can be, I literally okay. one day just was like, that just doesn't make any sense. Like like whatever, whatever. However, I thought that was a good idea. You know, up until that moment, for whatever reason. Whatever reasons I have, and, and I really kind of don't remember anymore. I mean, I, I could get into mm-hmm. that, but I think that's a different show. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just changed my mind. I mean, I could, yeah. I could make it way more complicated than that, but the, the honest truth is one day I just was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I just changed my mind. Yep. It just didn't right. make sense anymore. It didn't seem – I mean, in my world – all choices, and again, I do mean all, all choices are viable. All choices are viable. There's not in my world anything that anyone could choose that I'd say, well, why would you do that? That's wrong. That's stupid. Blah, blah, blah. It, for me, it was just like that was a viable choice for a long time until it wasn't. Uh-huh. For me, like not, not, yeah. <clears throat> not yeah. because it's become an un- unviable choice it collect, you know, in, in universally, just for me, I was just like, yeah, no, I don't want to choose anymore. And that was really, that's, there's power in choice that people don't acknowledge. There's great power right. in choice. And when you just choose something like that, it, it just went away. That was it. That was it. That was the end of yep. it. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And I mean, you know, it's so interesting. We have such different paths and such different paths that got us here, but I can remember it's interesting you would say the word enduring, enduring through life, enduring through life, because I actually was raised in a religion where endure to the end is something to be proud of. Struggle Mm. till the end, endure it, tolerate it, get through it till the end. Because in the upbringing that I was entrained in and raised in, the after the end is where you would receive your glory. After that is when you would get to have your reward, so to speak. And so to endure to the end was actually really something to be proud of. You know, you really endured through yeah. that. I'm so proud of you. It made you more, you know, holy or acknowledged or whatever. And when I started waking up to that, that wasn't working for me. I was not going to, this was not working for me. I actually was diagnosed and I was given an expiration date. I had a serious illness. I had a couple of them. And the doctors actually told me that I would not continue living for very long. And I can remember thinking, if this is all I've got before I'm dead, well, this is shit and I'm wasting my time. And I'm not going to do this anymore. And literally, I, I changed my mind. Like you said, I made the choice that this was not going to be the life that I endured through. And if I was going to get through life, I was going to have a hell of a good time. I was going to celebrate it, and there was no more enduring involved. And Mm. from that day on, that choice was so pivotal to me that from that day on, every time I would walk back into that, to one of the church buildings where I used to attend, I would break out in hives. That's how strong that choice wow. was. Wow. And it didn't make it wrong for other people. It's a viable choice for them. It, I know people in my family and people I love and adore that that totally works for them. They, are, they feel they are lit up. It is the best thing for them. And it just didn't work for me anymore. It was not something that I could choose to endure through. And so I went in search of my aliveness, truthfully. That's when I started my thing of, Everyday joy. What if I chose joy every single day? And it was a practice. It was like I was visiting joy. I was visiting aliveness. I was not living there. I was just visiting for the moment. <laughs> and, but that was the beginning for me, you know, baby steps. What's, <clears throat> what's that quote? Uh, uh, um, oh, I'm trying to remember uh, the name of the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I I laugh at myself. I often can't remember words. Uh, sometimes not 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 that one. Um, Morgan not Freeman <laughs> in jail. Yeah, 
in jail. Um, oh. and he's, it's something about get busy living. If you, you know, either going to get busy living or get busy dying or something like that. There's some quote. Yes. Um, I think Shawshank from, Redem- from that movie. Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Thank you. <laughs> um, and it yep. is, and you know what? It's, it's kind of funny because a lot of people it's, what I see is when you get to, we'll just say middle age, that's, you know, whatever that, that range of age that's kind of in the middle, um, it's almost like people have a lost a lot of their, uh, you have a lot of dreams. I know when I was in my 20s, I was like, my whole life is ahead of me and anything is possible. And, you know, just a lot of enthusiasm for, for what you think you can create and accomplish and what's ahead of you, Right. And then as mm-hmm. the 30s go on and the 40s go on and, you know, feel life to, to, I'll just speak for myself, it started to feel like more of a struggle <laughs> and things weren't really kind of going the way I had, you know, been told they were going to go or thought they were going to go or whatever. And then I was like, oh, this is really a lot harder than I, you know, thought I was going to be or whatever. And our dreams sort of fade. Um, and, and then it's almost as if we take on this like, well, you know, I guess this is as good as it's going to get, so I'll just make do. I'll just kind of, you know, I'll just do the best that I can with what I've got, and, and I'll just make do. And I see a lot of people who've, what I would call, have, you know, almost lost hope. And, 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 and that's not really, you know, if we're going to talk about being fully alive, not dead yet, it's kind of this limbo space of, like, I'm not dead yet, but I've kind mm. of given up on my dreams or given up on possibility or – you know, I just, just, it's, it's, and I'm not saying it's easy. You know, I'm not saying life is easy by any means. Um, I think the way that we face adversity is kind of, it's, have you ever heard of that saying, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. And, yes. and how we're, how we face adversity. I mean, are you, are we going to let it win? Because the thing is, life's got all kinds of surprises for us, and life's got all kinds of—it's just life. This is life. So, yeah. how am I? How am I being in response to adversity? Do I let it get me down? Do I let it kill my dreams? Do I let it, you know, um, uh, get, do it? Do I let it get me to that place where it's like, well, I guess this is as good as it gets, and I just gonna, you know, make the best of it, or do I keep mm. on? Trusting possibility. To me, trusting possibility is a big part of being alive. Yes, absolutely. Well, and it goes back to our conversation earlier about I just don't experience embarrassment. I don't, I don't get embarrassed. I don't take it personally. Well, do you do that with adversity? Do you take adversity personally? Are you, you know, like, what is it that you're willing to choose in adversity or struggle and embarrassment? How's that any different? It's not. Are we going to just go, wow, what am I going to do with this? Like, that's that possibility. That's that curiosity. What am I going to do with this moment? What am I going to do with this opportunity to face into whatever the hell's going on? I can remember. Um, for those, and this is, it kind of opens a can of worms, but, um, so for anybody that does not know, my daughter and her entire family were killed in a car accident in 2013. And it was a very, uh, pivotal moment for me to say the least. And for many, and I can remember driving, doing the drive. I was living in Colorado at the time to Salt Lake. And here she was 21 years old. She was with her fiance. He was also killed and she was pregnant. And so she, they were able to bring Sage, my grandson, into the world, and he lived for just under two hours. So, and then he went with them. And I'm driving thinking, what the hell? I don't know what you want for a funeral. What am I, I going to do here? And I'm freaking out, of course. And in that moment, I'm like, I do not know what you want. I do not know what you want. What am I supposed to do? What am I to do for your funeral? And... I just had this awareness that, yeah, I did know. Yeah, I did know. Yeah, I did know. And as, as traumatic as it was, I just stayed with it, and I kept asking the question. I kept asking the question, I, show me what you want, Kelsey. Show me what do you want. What do you want? And in this moment, I kind of screamed out. I think kind of. Okay, I fucking screamed out. 
I don't yeah. know what you want. I don't know what you want for a funeral. I only know what you want for a wedding because we were planning her wedding, mm. their wedding. Mm. And in that moment, literally, it is as if all of the, the noise that sounds like you're in the middle of a fucking train and hurricane all at once went quiet. And I was like, I know what you want for a wedding, and now I have to do a funeral. And in that moment, I decided that they would have a wedding for their funeral, and we did. And that was one of those choices that was impossible, and it became possible because I chose it over and over and over again. And it ended up looking like literally having a viewing in the reception barn where they wanted to have the reception. It looked like having their sand ceremony, which they wanted for their, their vow ceremony done before we closed the casket. That's how we did it. And the same amount of willingness to say what can happen from this moment, what is possible in this moment applies to when we're embarrassed, as to when we're traumatized, as to when we are hysterical and entertained, the same damn thing applies. What are you going to create, mm. create out of what you've got right here? Yeah. Mm. And right then, in that moment, if you realize you're not dead yet, you've got the power to create. You're in aliveness. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. that's so thank you that's so powerful the the quote that i was trying to come up with from the movie is i guess it comes down to a simple choice really get busy living or get busy dying and that yeah. is such a beautiful illustration of the choice to continue living to get busy living to not let uh i mean kelly wrote in the chat room living is messy sometimes mean sometimes includes all kinds of crappy things and and that's actually what life is, all of it. We tend to do this uh, separate. We tend to kind of separate. We we compartmentalize and separate. We're like, no, I don't want that experience. I don't like that experience. I don't want to have that happen. So we go into avoidance. And I, yeah. I've always said avoid, avoidance isn't actually choice. And avoidance yeah. is, is uh, you, you, you know, you're not really creating anything when you're just trying to avoid what you don't want to happen. And so when I'm listening to your story, what I'm, what I'm recognize is aliveness is a willingness to say yes to all of it, not just the parts that you like, not just the parts that, you know, you're like, oh, I really like this, this is really fun, I really prefer this, um, but all that uh-huh. other stuff I don't, I don't, I don't want to have. It's willingness to say yes to all of it, to include all of it. You know, some people might say the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever, but all of it, like all experience uh-huh is uh, is living. All experience yeah. is living. And if you start separating out parts of it that you say, I can't, I can't have this, I won't have this, I don't want it, then you're actually cutting, you're, you're cutting away the, the livingness, it feels like to me, right? It feels like I'm, I'm, I'm now diminishing what life can be and saying, saying no. Yeah. There's something very juicy in, in the willingness to receive everything, all of it, that I wouldn't, now that I know that, you know, I mean, I've, it wasn't true for me, obviously, based on what I just shared. There was a time that wasn't true for me at all. But but when I said when I said a little while ago, you know, I kind of went on this. I was like, okay, well, let's see what let's figure out what's going to make life worth living, right? You know, I'm not going to do suicide mm-hmm. anymore, so I guess <laughs> better figure out, you know, what's going to make life worth living. And what it, it in a nutshell came down to is getting over all my points of view about what I thought was good living. You know, I, I want I, I had all these ideas of like well, this is what a good life is. This is what a fun life is. This is one, you know, so if I stop creating this separation of, uh, around, you know, I want it to be this way. Mm-hmm. I want it to be this way. I, I remember uh, telling, you know, literally almost 20 years ago, somebody asked me, what's your biggest fear? And at that time, and for a long time, it, it was immediate. I knew exactly what it was. My biggest fear was that I'd never have what I really want. 
And I realized that that was creating such an obstruction to my ability to be, to, to fully live because I had Mm -hmm. narrowed down what living was to something very specific. And so I lived in fear. Like, what if I had never have what I really want? What if I never have what I really want? Then I'll never, then I'll never be happy. That's what it really was. I was saying, And so if you narrow your life down to these very specific experiences that are only acceptable, this tiny little sliver of life, this is only what's acceptable to me. And if my life doesn't look just like this, then I can't be happy. I can't be fulfilled. I can't be whatever, whatever, whatever. How alive are you really? Yeah, exactly. And okay. So I'm going to continue on with what I was going to say because this goes so damn perfect with what you're saying is how alive are you really if you are just trying to control the outcome, if you're just in your outcome attachment disorder, if you're just Mm -hmm. trying to control, you're not really thriving. You're not living. You're just trying to control it. And here's, here's something about that. You know, Kelsey actually came to me when she was 16. She died at 21. And she came to me at 16 and said, Mom, I have something to tell you. I said, okay. She sat down. She said, don't think I'm crazy. I said, babe, come on. I know you're crazy. Just tell me what's going on. And (laughs) she told me that she didn't think she was going to live very long. She told me that she has always her whole life been able to envision her future in her mind. And she said, but I've never gone past my 20s. I can see myself getting to be 20, but I don't see myself past my mid-20s. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, do you think I'm crazy? And I can remember it was one of those moments, again, those pivotal moments where I took a deep breath and I didn't freak out. You know, I was like, don't be my mom. Don't be my mom. Be yourself, Jen. Be yourself, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Because it was so important in that moment, I did not dismiss her awareness. And I just said to her, babe, I hope you're wrong. But if you're not you better get to living. And mm. from that moment on, that moment, my son, and so my son's two years younger than her, and the three of us were living life together. And from that moment on, we actively fulfilled what we called our bucket list. We actively fulfilled living every moment to the fullest. And when they would say, you know, they'd be, this sucks, I hate school. Well, what do you want to do? You've got this day. You've got this moment. What do you want to do? Well, Mom, I don't want to go to high school. I want to do a GED. I want to go to this, you know, where they go to work and then they get their high school credits. I want to do that. Okay. Is that what you really want to do? Because none of us, the truth is, you guys, none of us know how long we have. Every single one of us have this moment. That's the only thing we've got. It could end at any moment. And if we put conditions on then in the future that we'll be happy, we're giving up our possibility or our choice to create happiness and fulfillment now. So why give ourselves that narrow slice of experience, you know, why give ourselves that limitation that cuts off this narrow slice of experience right now? And that's what Kelsey taught me is you're not dead yet, honey. So what are you going to do? And, you know, we did. We continued living that way all the way up until the very end when I went, oh, well, shit, she was smarter than I knew, <laughs> you know. Like, damn it. I was hoping you were wrong. And, oh, man, I'm glad that we lived every minute the way that we did because of that. You're not dead yet. You've got now. What do you want to create with now? Now is all there ever is. Right. Yep. Aliveness is really only occurring in the in this in this moment. In this moment. Now is all there ever is. Your future is created from this moment. And you know, I know that gets really kind of out there for a lot of people. <laughs> Uh, because we, we do get very much distracted by our past and our future and, you know, worry and regret and all of those kinds of things. And, you know, but that's, that's one of the things I've learned in my journey is now is all there ever is. So what right. am I choosing right now? That, that powerful Absolutely. moment when you said this, it was an impossible choice until I made the choice and then it became possible. 
Thank you, Kelly, for writing that in the chat room so I could repeat it because it was so good. It, was an, it felt like yeah. an impossible choice until you made it, and then it became possible over and over and over and over again. Like that just makes every part of my being uh, vibrate with joy. Right. Yes, because – and here's something else is in that moment when that choice was made, the, the shift that the universe orchestrated so it would fall into place beautifully – could not, I couldn't even conceive of what was about to happen. I could not have planned it. It was literally, I was sifting through no's until I got yeses. It was not, quote, easy. It, just because I made the, quote, right choice does not mean that it was easy. No, that's bullshit. No. Mm-mm. I kept following the breadcrumbs the universe was laying out for me. And some of those breadcrumbs were just a snack. And I didn't realize they were leading to a feast. I didn't know until I kept following them. And when, when you're talking about we have this moment, that's all we ever have, it brings to mind a movie that's been out for a little while. It's called Before I Fall. Uh, I, apparently it's also based on a book, but I only saw the movie. And it, it, it depicts us beautifully. And it depicts kind of what they've done in other movies, the Groundhog Day. If you have one day that repeats, what will you choose to do with it? And it's interesting always to me that people will say, well, if I did it, I'd do this. And they kind of get like, well, I can't manipulate this and control it into what I want. So I'm going to say, fuck it all. I'm going to be a total asshole. I'm going to use and abuse. I'm going to, you know, do all this stuff. And then they go, well, that's not fun either. And inevitably, when when whoever the writers are trying to portray, what would you do? The pendulum does swing and they, and typically people come back to, I would create a change. I would create something lasting so that even after I'm gone, that to me is part of aliveness, seducing us into that creation, into experiences that are so expansive that we, we can literally return to them whether it's through a sensation or a memory or whatever it is, but we can just keep that vibration in our being that keeps feeding our aliveness. It's not a one-hit thing. It's not a drug that you need another hit. It feeds our aliveness in a way that it grows and grows and grows and keeps going. And that's that's the juice. Like, ah, (laughs) that's why I love this topic. <laughs> oh my gosh! When you said when you said that's the juice, I literally um, nectarines are one of my favorite fruit and my favorite. I mean, I literally when they're so when they're ripe and they're just so juicy that you have to eat, like I eat it over the sink because I take a bite into it and the juice just pours down my chin. You know what I mean? And I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about that as a metaphor for when, when I'm most alive there, it's like life is juicy. It's, it's so juicy. And you take a bite into it and it runs down your chin and you're just like, yes. And when you're just, you know, not dead yet, and you're just going through the motions, <laughs> plodding one foot in front of the other. Everything feels like a barren desert. It's yes. just, it's just, yeah. there's nothing, there's nothing to look forward to. There's nothing on the horizon. You know, like, are you creating a life worth looking forward to? And that happens right now in this moment. You know, so many people mm-hmm. think that um, it's like, it's too overwhelming because, you know, what I, what I'd like to create is so vastly different from the way my life is now. And so they just kind of like, oh, well, why bother? I'm just going to give up before they even start. And I'm like, you know what? I use, I hike a lot, uh, or I have at least in the past I shared that yesterday. So I use hiking metaphors a lot, you know, to get <laughs> to the top of that mountain, you just got to take the next step. You just got to take right. the next step. So if you're actually present in your life now, um, and I'd love mm-hmm. to hear your poem, Kelly. <laughs> she said you wrote a poem. Your time is now. If you're just taking the next <laughs> step right now, because you're, you're, the thing is we are alive if we acknowledge that. Mm. And, and if I make a step today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day, and I just kind of, I mean, this is how I live. I sort of just keep my eye on the target. 
What would I like to create as my life? And then suddenly one day you're like, wow, look how much has changed. And it wasn't because of some, yeah. you know, giant thing that occurred. It was because every day I kept my eye on the target and I asked myself, what can I choose today that will create more of that? What can I choose today that will create more intimacy in my life? What, could, what can I choose today that will create more ease in my life? What can I choose today that will create more adventure, play, fun, joy, whatever it is that you desire? What can I choose today that will create more of that? And then suddenly, as if by magic, you're looking around and you're like, wow, I have more intimacy. I have more play. I have more fun. I have more joy. I have more of all the things I desire. But it only can happen when you choose it now. If you're waiting for it to happen, so, you know, well, when this finally happens, then I'll have that. You know, my dad right. was the king of saying, when my ship comes in, when my ship comes in, when my ship comes in. But he never, ever, ever, ever takes any action toward that ship coming in. <laughs> you know, he yeah. just lives in the yeah. past. He just lives in the past every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that endure to the end. I'm just going, okay, so I'm yeah. going to talk about everything that was, and that's how I'm going to endure to the end. And it's almost like speeding towards the finish line. And, you know, if that's the way you want to live your life, that's great. You know, <laughs> like, what are you going to do? What's going to happen? What are you creating? Because for some, you know, they love that. Some people really want to just kind of float across the finish line. Some people yeah. want to like go screeching across like, yeah, you know, it, but it, there is no wrong way. You can't, life is unfuckable. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing with it? Because if you look at it and go, oh, well, I was afraid I didn't want to mess up. So I created a really boring, safe life. Well, can, that's great if you aren't playing the victim to that. But if you're playing the victim to that, why the hell would you choose that? Decide what is the life you want to live. For me, I know I, one of the things I look forward to every single day is coffee with my wife. Every single day. I never wake up and go, yeah, nope, I don't even want to look at your face while we're having coffee. I think I'm going to go drink it in the car. Like, I just don't. I love our time sitting together. And even if she's out of town or I'm on the road or whatever, a lot of times we'll still talk over coffee. I love that time. That's part of me juicing the life at, in that moment. Because sometimes we're not talking. We're just sitting and being. But for me, that's part of my aliveness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in everything you just said, I, I could think of about 10 new show topics. <laughs> right. I know. I was actually thinking that earlier. I've got a bunch of notes jotted down. <laughs> Here we are. Well, and, you know, tomorrow we are going to be talking about feeding our aliveness. Because mm-hmm. food is one of my favorite subjects, and it's one of the best metaphors. And feeding our aliveness by choice and accidentally, oh, to me that is a yummy topic. And that's what we're talking about tomorrow. That's care and feeding of your aliveness. <laughs> what does that look like for you? Because that's... <laughs> That's the thing. No one can tell you what's going to feed your aliveness. There's not a single person other than you that can tell you what's going to feed your aliveness. You have to just go on the, the be willing to go on the uh, exploratory adventure of discovering what that is for you. And, and, you know, you and I have talked about that because it's very different for different people. And it can be even different yeah. things at different times in my life. Like what, what really fed my aliveness at one time in my life, maybe had, I, I'll just tell you a quick story. Again, in Tahoe, I hiked all the time, all the time, all the time. Then I moved to Colorado, and I didn't hike, mm-hmm. and I didn't hike, and I kept almost like beating myself up. I'm like, God, what's wrong with me that I don't go, I don't go do this thing I love? I'm not taking the time to go do this thing I love. And I, and I really did. I beat myself up, and I beat myself up, and I beat myself up. And I was like, Tamara, cut that shit out. Like, what are you doing? It, yeah. it, it's almost like I was making a problem where none need be because – what was feeding my aliveness had changed. I was, right. I was doing other things that was feeding my aliveness and sitting there beating myself up because I, I wasn't choosing to do something I loved. I was like, really? How's that working for you? Like, it was it's amazing how we, we create problems where none need be. 
So be willing to recognize that what feeds your aliveness is not going to necessarily be what feeds other people's. I'm, I'm kind of already jumping on tomorrow's topic. I get that. Um, it's a sneak preview. It's a sneak preview. Um, but then you, that that's going to change. I mean, my life has changed. I, I say this all the time. I feel like I've already lived like 50 lives in the one I've, I have because it's things are constantly changing. And so I'm riding right. that as opposed to resisting that. And now, now that I got that, like, beating myself up for choosing something different is not really uh, a contribution. <laughs> Cute. Right. I was. What I wrote in the, what I wrote in the chat room is, does living at the effect of your own choice actually work for you? Like, what's, is there a contribution uh, living at the effect of your own choice or what you're not choosing? I mean, that's kind of what I was doing is I was, I was, uh, I was judging myself. It's so mm-hmm. funny, like uh, for what I was choosing or not choosing and, and living at the effect of my own choice. It was crazy. I don't recommend it. <laughs> don't recommend it. It's not really that great a time. Well, and like I said, you know, I was given an expiration date and I passed it. And so every single day, I literally, it's an opportunity. I'm like, hey, this is bonus. This is all the bonus. And how great is this to be able to realize that aliveness seduced me way beyond doctors and the medical field and all of those labels and shoulds and doomsday. Nope. I'm still here, y'all. Not dead yet. So so are you. We have this moment. What are you going to do with this moment? Because that is how the universe, how our aliveness seduces us into choosing more and more and more. It truly is an opportunity of continuous expansion. Ex- continuous. And mm-hmm. there's no right way. That all choices are viable, whatever you're choosing. Just don't play the victim mm-hmm. of them. Just make them yeah. and take action. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I know we filled this show again. We're down to two and a half minutes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I know. Just sinking into that. I'm really, you know. I'm, I'm, li- I, I'm just really just kind of like feeling into all the topics that got birthed today. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, how much fun are we going to have playing with all those new threads? Like they all just got, well, maybe not birthed, but they all got, they got all ignited today, right? There's all these new things that got ignited that I can feel um, if we allow them to seduce us, we can play with over the course of the weeks to come. Right. Well, and that, that to me, is you guys are witnessing us being seduced by this show. The topics Mm -hmm. are seducing us. A new topic shows up and says, hey, talk about me. (laughs) Hey, here's something. It's teasing us. It's totally seducing us. And I say yes. I'm like, Uh okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Nice. Wow. Well, I am so ecstatic. This has been like people said, this is a very full show. There's so much in this show. We've had people in the chat room live. Thank you so much. And to everybody that joined, even if you just jumped in at the end, so glad to see you here. Thanks to everybody that showed up on the phone lines for being here. You know, we're just starting. And the the biggest thing that you could do that we would so appreciate is if you shared the show with your friends, whether you do it social media or direct verbally, we would love to, if you'd share the show because we want more and more people contributing to these conversations. So, mm-hmm. wow. That's good for a Tuesday, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if you would follow the show here on Blog Talk Radio, we'd appreciate it. And you can like us over on Facebook at Seducing Aliveness. And, wow, let's do this again tomorrow, shall we, Tamara? Let's let's do this again tomorrow. Yep, I'm totally open to that. Let's do this again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys, we'll be back. We would love if you would come back with us, and we will talk to you tomorrow, okay? <laughs> Yay. Thank Bye-bye, you all. Bye-bye.